Welcome to the Health and Wealth Power Hour, the podcast provides you with the knowledge and insights you need to achieve physical, mental, and financial well-being. I'm your host, Arlen Pickett, a business consultant who's passionate about helping people achieve a more balanced and healthier life. Each week, we'll deep dive into topics related to health and wealth, including retirement income planning, innovative healthcare solutions, alternative funded health plans, and specific actions individuals and business owners can take to gain control of their finances, have access to affordable quality health care, and achieve peace of mind. We'll also be joined by innovative experts who will share their knowledge and insights on prevalent topics. So, whether you're looking to grow your wealth or improve your health, you've come to the right place. Get ready to be informed, inspired, and empowered. Let's get started. All right, and welcome aboard another exciting episode of the Health and Wealth Power Hour. I am your host, Harlan Pickett. Thank you so much for being with us today. Let me tell you something, folks. You better buckle in. Get ready. The law is coming. (laughs) All right, man, we are blessed today. You get to spend some time with my buddy, Lieutenant Craig Cummings, Texas Department of Public Safety. You guys are in for a real treat because he is going to pull back the curtain on some of the things that you may think you know, but you just don't know. The man has been there. He's seen it. He's done it. And he's going to give you the straight shot about what's really going on. And first thing we want to hear about, of course, is the border. But hey, man, first thing I want to say is welcome aboard again, Craig. It's been a while since I got to see you, buddy. Man, it's great to be here. I really appreciate being here with your audience. I enjoy visiting with you. Um, I was looking forward to uh, coming on with you here. So uh, I'm excited to be here. Great, great. Uh, I know that we uh, wanted to get you scheduled here about a month or so ago, but you really wanted to get some updated information. Now, you were scheduled to make another trip down to the border. Uh, I don't know if you were hoping to see something better. I don't know if you did see something better because we didn't cover this. I wanted to be as surprised as everybody else is. But I know you made that trip. I know you kind of got to see what's going on now. So give us an update on what really is going on down at the border of Texas and Mexico. Well, I want to be clear. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go down there like I had hoped, uh, but I have been visiting with my colleagues that are down there and getting information. And uh, and one of the things that we're, we're seeing is the unsecured border is allowing uh, cartels and criminal organizations to come into the United States. And we know the cartels have been in the country for for, for years. Um, That's not a big surprise. But what has been happening is as a result of the unsecured border, the level of crime that the cartels and criminal organizations are involved in are increasing. So it's more than just guns, more than just drugs, more than just human trafficking and human smuggling. They're finding other ways. um, And as a, a good friend of mine told me here recently, he said that the cartels are out for profit. They're out to make money. So let's let's stick on that for just a second, because I think it's important for folks to understand this is not a criminal organization that is just doing criminal organization things or to be a criminal organization. I know that all sounds crazy. Mm -hmm. This is a criminal organization that is highly for profit. It is. It is in no way, shape, or form doing anything that it does not see profit. And that even, unfortunately, means protecting their, whatever they want to call their resources, protecting Mm -hmm. their people, protecting, and that can mean bad things for others, right? That can mean 
people getting shot, people getting hurt, uh, people disappearing. Uh, that can mean many different things. But what it means is that to them, it's business. Don't mm -hmm. be mistaken. It's business. To them, it is a business. It just happens to be a pretty rough and tumble, dirty business. Well, it, it, it's a, it, it is a business, and it, uh, it brings um, sometimes a new level of crime. To, uh, to certain areas. And what I mean by that is we can see unprecedented amounts of fentanyl that are now coming into the country. We've had 434 million lethal doses of fentanyl that uh, we have recovered uh, since OLS began. And, um, and so that's just ridiculous because that is enough to kill every man, woman, and child in the United States. Um, and, and where we're seeing this, it's not like we're getting a kilo of fentanyl coming in that somebody knows that it's fentanyl. What we're seeing, and I want all the audience to understand this, is that it's a pill that maybe like an oxycodone or hydrocodone, um, something like that, um, that looks exactly like what you would get at a regular pharmacy. But as opposed to the active ingredient in there, like hydrocodone, um, it's got fentanyl in it. Um, and that's deadly in such small doses. And the way they put it together, it's, it, it's not done like it would be in a lab. So um, I tell people all the time, and I encourage them to visit with their friends and, and, and family and kids. I, I do this with my own family as well, is tell them, whenever you get a pill, make sure that pill came out of a pill bottle that came from a reputable pharmacy, not from somebody who's giving you a pill just to be helpful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I happen to be at a presentation that you were giving. And first of all, the amount of fentanyl that can kill you is I won't say microscopic, but it ain't much bigger than that. Yeah, I was I was shocked at how little can kill somebody, but more so, you showed a picture of two pills. One was the legitimate pill, and one was the fentanyl pill. And the fentanyl pill looked more legitimate than the actual legitimate pill. The I mean, they are so good at duplicating it. The duplication looks better than the real thing. You know, and here's the shocking part. I talked to our crime lab folks that look at this stuff day in and day out. And even now, they can't tell the difference between what's counterfeit and what's not counterfeit. A few years ago, it, the odd thing was getting a counterfeit pill that had fentanyl in it. Now, they expect when they get a counterfeit pill or a load of pills that come in, they expect to have fentanyl in it. Um, so it's just, uh, it, it's a shift now. We're seeing more fentanyl uh, coming into the country. Um, almost doubled from what we had last year. We're on pace to almost double it from what we had last year. Um, and all that's coming in from Mexico into the United States. But it's not just fentanyl. Uh, we're seeing large amounts of thousands of pounds of meth that we are uh, seizing here in the Houston area. Uh, and a lot of that is in pills. Like you see them in like Adderall and things like that. The fake Adderall pill will have meth in it. So, um, so, so we're the, the, the criminal organizations, the cartels, criminal organizations, they're finding ways to, uh, to, to market this drug to people, and they're getting it into the hands of not only um, we're seeing kids that are overdosing with it, we're seeing you know adults, and it doesn't even have to be somebody that's taking the drug um, with the intent, knowing that there's fentanyl in it. Um, we got some people that are asking for fentanyl um, in our investigations, but they'll actually take a drug thinking that it is, you know, a, a hydrocodone um, and it's not. 
And it seems like we're he hear, hearing stories, obviously not just here in Texas, but really all over the country right now, where someone got the pill from a buddy or got, you know, from somebody and it was, it was deadly. Um, once mm -hmm. again, it wasn't always someone trying to take an illegal substance either. They, I, Hey, can you give me a couple of Advil? Can you give me a couple of this? Can you give me a couple of that? And all of a sudden it's found out that it was laced with fentanyl and uh, there was a, a death that resulted of it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's so true. And you know, the sad part is, that uh, and this is one of the things that I've come across with a, a good friend of mine. I've known him since we were in college together. Um, and one of his good friends had a son. I think his son was, I don't know how old, maybe 18, 20 years old or whatever, but was at a bar and then bought a uh, a, a Percocet from, or a, a drug. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but bought a, a pill from, from somebody, two pills. Um, and that contained fentanyl, went home, took one of the pills and was found dead later on that, um, that next morning. Um, and the family did not want to report it or get law enforcement involved beyond just the, the regular uh, investigation because they didn't want their son's life to be characterized by being by being sure. killed by a drug overdose or being right. marked as a you know a, a druggie. Right, right. And I mean, you can understand that. You can you can understand mm -hmm. the the family's hesitation for that. But at the same time, you. Those are the cautionary tales that I think sometimes somebody needs to hear how easily things can turn sideways on you. Um, oh, absolutely. They are the, the criminal organizations are so good at making these pills um, that, um, you know, just recently we seized about uh, 300. I think it was about uh, I don't look at the numbers, but we see a significant amount of, of fentanyl pills um, here out in the, the Beaumont area. So it's going out in small areas. It's here in big areas. Um, and so no one is immune from uh, from this deadly drug. So we know that's coming across the board. We know uh, that, unfortunately, we're having a lot of human trafficking as well. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of kids have unfortunately kind of disappeared in this move across the border. We hear about it every single day. It seems like there is uh, children that are missing. Uh, whether they're safe or whether they really have been put into this system, maybe we'll find out sometime. Maybe we won't. I, you know, it's a, it's a very difficult situation right now whenever someone comes over and then how do you keep track of them in many cases? So we don't know how many kids we've lost. Adults obviously are impacted too, but there's been a, a big influx of children. But that's not the only things that are these guys are in business for, right? That's not the only thing these bad guys are doing. Tell us a little bit more about what to be on the lookout for, because I know that they don't just stop there. Once again, their business is making money. And whatever mm -hmm. that looks like to them, they find different ways to do it. Oh, absolutely. And, and we're seeing that. I don't want to get too far into uh, what type of crimes we know that they're involved in, uh, but we can say that it's definitely more than just drugs, guns, and human trafficking, human smuggling. Um, and um, But one of the things that I would encourage somebody to do is to download our iWatch Texas app. Um, that can be uh, off the, the, the Google App Store, off the Google App Store, or off the regular App Store for iPhone, um, if, depending if you got an Android or an iPhone. Download that. Um, someone can submit information about suspicious activity online, never having to call 911, and can do it anonymously to include with pictures. 
So um, that's if you've got a neighbor that has a lot of people coming in there late at night and it's suspicious, you want to go out as you're out there walking your dog, take a couple of pictures of the vehicles that are out there and send them in. Um, that's absolutely fine. No one will ever know that this particular person sent them in unless they want to be contacted by law enforcement. So it just, it helps us identify this. And if there's no need for, for us to keep those things, then that we have a process to, uh, to handle that. Um, but, uh, but that's just one way that somebody can give information to us um, that can ultimately help solve a criminal investigation that we're currently working. Yeah, absolutely. That, there, there is not a better group out there than the public to watch what's going on. You know what's normal in your area. You know what is a normal thing going on in your neighborhood, uh, even say on your drive or the place that you frequent to go get your breakfast or lunch or whatever. You've got to report things that don't seem right. You know, that's one of the, uh, when we've had folks on here about human trafficking, they said, if it looks suspicious, if it looks wrong, it probably is. You know, if it feels wrong, if, if there's something between that adult and that child in particular that just seems wrong, it probably is. People kind of have a, pick that up pretty well. And so mm -hmm. this is a great way to get that information out there if you're, if, if you want to stay anonymous. The I Watch Texas app is a great way. We, we talked about that before. And yes, that's a resource. Yeah, and no matter how much we talk about it, but if I bring it up again, somebody will ask me about what, what is that? So at every opportunity I get, I try to talk about it so that they realize that, um, you know, I, I'm in this job. I've been doing law enforcement now for 24 years, um, but eventually I'm going to go back. And I'm going to hang the badge and the gun up and I'm going to go back to being a regular citizen. And um, and so the duty for me to report something suspicious doesn't end because I put this gun and badge away. Um, it's always been incumbent upon every citizen. I'm kind of paraphrasing Sir Robert Peel here, um, but uh, but it really is incumbent upon everybody when you see something suspicious uh, to say something about it and get the authorities involved uh, so that we can uh, start to connect the pieces in these investigations. And we never know that one small piece of information can be critical in solving something. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really is kind of inherent on us. I mean, it, 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 it's funny. What's the what's the old saying? Where's the cop when you need one, right? Where's yeah. the, where? Yeah, you, you never you never see the the police when you need one, right? Where are they at? Well, you can you can do something as well, right? I mean, mm -hmm. if they don't know about it, if they don't even know what to look for, it is inherent upon you to to be part of the solution, right? It, if something keeps happening over and over, but you never tell anyone about it either, then why do you expect the police to be there at just the right time when it keeps happening? Just like you're talking about, there's a lot of people coming in and out of this house in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Ever since those new people moved in, all of a sudden there's a lot of traffic at that house, but no one ever stays to visit for long. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and the thing is, um, um, I, I got to say that I can't do my job without the fine men and women of the Texas Department of Public Safety who help give me information. Um, and, and some of them are listening now. And, um, and, and you know, what we can say is that from talking to them is that the individual that's out there mid-level selling the fentanyl, selling the meth, um, this is somebody that, you know, blends into the crowd. It's not so when they, when they talk, you're not looking for a particular person or looking for those actions um, like multiple people coming to somebody's door, um, you know, those types of things just seem out of the ordinary. Um, and if it's out of the ordinary to the person who's seeing it, then chances are we need to at least 
examine it. And there may be some legitimate reason to it, but at least give the authorities an opportunity to evaluate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, the app, I think, gives even that person who says, I don't want to get involved, a resource to put that information out there because it's anonymous. You don't, you don't even have to call someone and tell them what's going on. You, you take a picture or two, you give them that information, and then you just let it go, right? You just get that over there so that it can be investigated properly by the authorities. Well, especially when we're talking about human trafficking, there are two different types of human trafficking, there domestic and international human trafficking. And, you know, and the way each of them are, 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 are perpetrated are a little bit different. Um, but, um, you know, we're talking about somebody coming up from the border. They're, you know, uh, in some cases that we've seen, they're indebted to the cartel or criminal organizations to uh, pay off a debt. And so they're being forced into labor uh, trafficking or sex trafficking. Um, and then we're seeing individuals here that have just had terrible lives and then meet with who we call a Romeo. Um, and this person can go out there. And uh, again, one of the folks from uh, Texas Department of Public Safety I was visiting with here was telling me that um, these individuals are so good, they can go into a mall and then eight hours later after identifying somebody can have them out there uh, prostituting. Um, and so it's just, it's just, it's, it's shocking. They're exceptionally good at identifying their targets. And that's why it's incumbent upon us as citizens, whether you have a badge and a gun or you're just a regular citizen, um, um, everyone has a duty to identify some of these suspicious things and then turn them in because the life that these folks are living, um, some of them, that's the best life they've ever had, despite the fact that it is terrible by standards for you and I. Um, but there is another way. There's an opportunity to give them some help. Um, and, and we've seen how it can be beneficial and it can work. But it all has to start with one person who can help get us to that, 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 uh, that starting line. Absolutely. So you mentioned earlier that, of course, one of the places that these the cartels are really in business and working in is on, in the gun trade as well. Mm -hmm. And talk a little bit about that, because I think I know that that is a big part of what they do. But I really believe that it, people kind of get stuck on drugs, rightfully so, and human trafficking without realizing the impact that the gun trade can have on both of those things. Well, what we can say is that when it comes to uh, narcotics investigations, we always anticipate a gun being involved. Um, and so there's the nexus um, to it. And so the cartels need guns, they need ammunition. Um, and um, certainly some of those are not going to be able to buy them legally. Um, and so they're finding alternative ways to get them. And so um, I don't want to get too far in a rabbit hole there, but we can definitely say that the, uh, that, that, uh, um, that the guns are in nearly every single one of these investigations, uh, whether it be a handgun or a, a rifle. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to understand that they came from somewhere. And... Mm. The, the fact of the matter is, is typically they, they were acquired illegally as well. <laughs> they were, <laughs> these are, these are not firearms that were, were acquired in a legal manner and then are being trapped, you know, being put out this direction. I would say in the most part, because uh, as you mentioned, there would be no, uh, there'd be no reason for cartels to be in this business if everyone that needed to get one could get one in a legal 
whole legal way. Well, it, and that's just another example of how the cartels are using, uh, um, are, you know, seeking to get things that they can facilitate their their nefarious activity. Um, you know, we just, we're seeing the, uh, uh, the cartels are about money and power. Um, and so they're always looking for more money and power. And, uh, and one of the things that I have said is that there is a demand for meth, fentanyl, these type of drugs, cocaine, marijuana, um, uh, um, and these other drugs that are coming in, heroin, um, because there is, there's a demand for it. Um, and because of that, there's a supply. And, uh, and that's what part of this education is um, telling folks that, hey, getting, getting involved in drugs or whatever, it's not just you're only harming yourself. That money is going back to these criminal organizations that are now using it to further harm folks. And, um, and we're seeing it when it comes to human smuggling. These you know, cartels are going out there and, and they're accepting money from folks. Sometimes it's their last dollar nearly. Um, and they're coming using that to come into the United States. Um, and after they get here, they find out they've got to pay more money and that they become indebted to the cartel. Um, and I'm hearing that from district attorneys who are more prosecuting these cases. Um, so it's just, it, it's, it's a never ending cycle in terms of people are always wanting to try to get a leg up. The cartels are using the unsecured border right now as an opportunity to, to, to funnel more money into their, into their pockets. Yeah, you're, you're right. It's, it's an onslaught being pushed into the state right now of all these different things, right? So it's, it's, it's almost like the perfect storm of terribleness, if you want to, mm -hmm. the, what, what an open border has done as far as pushing all these things into our state. So let's talk about some of the solutions. And I know some of this is going to be opinion, right? Some of this is opinion because obviously if you, the, the solution is closing the border, no one gets through. Well, we know that that whole thing is not going to happen. There's not going to be, a closed 100% border. That's That never has been the case, right? We've always had illegal immigration. We've always had it, even before the big push that we have right now. But what are some answers? What, what, are, what are we looking to do? What can be done right now to stem the tide, as it were? Well, what we're doing right now is we're deploying troopers down to the border, working with the National Guard to help secure that. The, uh, um, we're trying to fill in the gaps when the Border Patrol gets pulled off to go uh, um, handle large groups of people. So we're trying to do that. We've got four-wheelers that are down there. We've got boats that are down there. We've got aircraft. We've got drones. We're using technology to our advantage with these cameras that we've got. Um, so we're doing an awful lot. Um, and, and what I point back to is all the, the drugs, I mean, thousands of pounds of meth just in the Houston area have been seized. Um, and, and fentanyl, 434 million lethal doses of fentanyl have been seized here. Um, that's a res direct result of the Texas Department of Public Safety and our state and local federal state and local federal partners working together to get these things off. So imagine if we did not have the level of dedication we've got right now um, to keeping Texas and by extension America safer. Yeah, absolutely. But what I, I, that's the steps we're taking now. If you had a wish list, though, if you had a wish list, what else could we do? What what can we do? 
I mean, we can only throw so many people at it, right? That we only have so many people we can put there because it's a big state. Yeah. Other parts of the state have to be protected. You, you're not you. Can, all the rest of the crime didn't stop because of what's going on at the border, right? Unfortunately, yeah. everyone didn't say, you know what, these guys are having a rough time down at the border. I don't think I'll steal a car today. So we don't. Mm. We didn't get that kind of thing happen. So other than throwing more people at it, what what can we do? If you had that wish list, what could you do there, Craig? Well, you know, and I don't want to opine or kind of get into uh, that's our legislature's job to uh, to identify these things. Um, our job is to execute them um, as an executive as uh, as part of the executive branch here. Um, um, and and so our one of the things that we encourage is folks who are of an interest in law enforcement or an interest in becoming a forensic scientist to uh, to, to take advantage of that interest. Um, and go out and, and become part of the solution now. We're constantly looking for well-qualified individuals who can are up to the task to go out there and help secure Texas, who are out there, go out there and serve their communities as, in many different ways. And so the agency offers a lot of opportunities for individuals that have an interest. Um, somebody may have an interest in wanting to become a pilot. Well, you can get your private pilot's license and then become you know, one of our pilots here. Um, you want to learn how to drive a boat, but then you learn how to drive a boat. Um, so there's a lot of opportunities that are here in the agency. Um, and on top of that, just the basic investigations of a trooper out there and what that's like. Um, so, so there are a lot of different uh, opportunities that are available to folks to be able to take. Um, but I would leave, you know, for high level, what needs to happen. That's the, the legislative body's uh, a role. And, um, and, and I want to give them that opportunity to, to do their job. All right. So I want to make sure that you guys heard him properly when he said that the job, their job is to execute what the legislature says, not to execute the legislature. Although there may be some people that are for that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, buddy. I had, I had to, had to put that out there. That's uh, a, <laughs> That's like the uh, the old coach saying, he said, how do you feel about your team's execution in the first half? And he goes, I'm for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, but I got to say, I am uh, very, uh, our legislature is um, uh, is doing good work. Um, they're, they're, yeah. they're out there. They're supporting us in, in what we are doing. And, uh, and we sincerely appreciate that. And I mean, and these folks, they're they're not getting huge salaries for being part. This really is a citizen legislature. So these folks, from meeting some of them there, um, it's not a big salary for them getting there. So the, some of them are losing money to go serve. Um, so I appreciate every single one of them for everything that they're doing. They've been gracious to the agency, um, and and that has been uh, not lost on us or other members of the agency. Yeah, and regardless of which uh, uh, party affiliation they have, in particular the ones that are down close to the border, all have seen this. They have all heard it from their constituents and are all uh, very much invested, obviously, mm -hmm. in what's going on and in uh, supporting not not just the DPS but all of the you know homeland security, all, all of the folks that are involved in uh, that area. Mm -hmm. um, it, to me, I'll tell you what has been very impressive and that is all of the different entities across the state of texas all including you know the armed forces part the national guard the all of that coming together mm -hmm. uh, federal side too coming together in a joint effort to as i mentioned earlier to stem the tide to 
to at least just slow down the complete onslaught that has happened of bringing all of this into our state. Yeah, you know, and, and it really is about trying to reduce the number of individuals who are um, are facing some terrible harm. I mean, years ago, I'm a trooper out there here west of Houston, about an hour and a half west of Houston. Um, and it was probably this maybe mid-November, and it was very cold. It was raining outside, and I went to stop this uh, open bed dump truck. And well, it ran off from me and got into a little bit of a pursuit and ran through a fence. Um, and the people that were in the bed of it, in the cab of it, jumped out and ran. And as I was getting out to go after them, there was a group of people that stood up in the back that I didn't notice in the back of this open bed truck. And there probably had to be maybe 38, 40 degrees outside. It was nighttime. It was cold. Um, and they were pointing down to this girl. And I knew something inside me told me that this individual that they need they need help more than I need to catch these folks. And so I got up there and I got this woman, I picked her up and you hold a piece of two by four in your arms, you know, like, like, like this for your viewers. Um, and she was just as rigid as a piece of two by four. Um, uh, she had a body temperature of like 80 degrees and thank God through the medical miracle of medicine, uh, they were able to get this girl back. Um, wow. but this is somebody that was being smuggled into the country along with these other folks. And that's how they were treated just as his cattle. And this is a human being. And so this is what we're trying to address. We talk about human smuggling is, is these folks are being subjected to cruel, uh, um, cruel ways in which they're being transported. And that's not right. And that's what we're trying to stop is the human smuggling. And then it gets into the human trafficking where they're now having to uh, pay back folks. And we've seen investigations, you know, federal and state investigations, local investigations where that is going on now, um, sex trafficking. Um, and so it's just a it's a terrible thing. And that's what the agency is doing. So we talk about trying to address things down there at the border. This is what we're trying to address is to to in, to help individuals so that they don't get into this life. Yeah. And, you, you know, to, to your point, you had that situation with this dump truck. But it seems like at least every few months we hear of here's this cargo truck and it was 100 degrees outside. And so it was 120 inside that truck. And. When they found them three days later, everyone, of course, was dead. That, those those type things we we hear those those stories, unfortunately, way way too often. Uh, but I, I want to step back just a second. You talked about the human trafficking, and you mentioned this earlier. But there is a lot of it, of course, that goes to the sex trade. But there's the other side of it, and that is just plain workers. There there is no age on this. In other words, there is no age. There is no uh, gender. If they can't find a place for you in one place, they can find something for you to do somewhere else. And once you, once again, it's all about money. It's all about you've got to pay us back somehow. And if that means we're going to put you to work doing X, Y, Z, then that's what you're going to be done. But the work trade is just as prevalent as the sex trade because they're going to find something for somebody to do. Yeah, well, labor trafficking is is absolutely alive and well. Um, and, and that's why it's important when somebody sees something suspicious to report that. Um, we've got folks that monitor this information 24-7. So when it comes in, it's not just going to go into some, you know, database and get looked at in a couple of weeks. It's going to get looked at relatively soon after it comes in. Um, and so I want folks to know that we have talented individuals who are specially trained to be able to vet this information and get it to the right sources. Yeah, so think about that. If you happen to be in a situation and you hear someone you're working with say something that leads you to believe 
that they may be in a trafficking situation, that they're working there against their will. Once again, it's time to pull out your app. <laughs> it's, time, it's time to let somebody know. The iWatch Texas app, that's that's the kind of situation that would be a great, great you, you, no one has to know it was you, right? No one has mm -hmm. to know it was you. Get that information out there. You know, uh, I, I was, I, I've been working here for a little while. We had a new guy come in. And he was real shy and didn't want to talk to anybody. But after a couple of months, all of a sudden, the way he talks, it sounds like he's got no choice but to be there. It sounds to me like he's not even getting paid. He's having a hard time. He doesn't ever want to go anywhere. doesn't want to do anything. He gets done. He has to go back to where he stays. He has no choice but to go there. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem right. No, no. And, and you know, when we're looking at um, what we're doing down there at the border, um, and we've got over 36,000 criminal arrests since Operation Lone Star uh, began, um, and um, uh, and over 4,100 bailouts um, that, that we've been seeing. So each one of those is an individual who was coming into the country doing something illegal. Um, and we've got those uh, arrests that were made. Uh, the bailouts, every time the bailout happens, usually there's a pursuit involved that places the public at danger. So, I mean, all of these things, they tend to build on themselves when we're talking about the, the, the crime down there um, that the criminal organizations are, are perpetrating. Right. And so let's, let's be clear on this, too. Those people that were arrested, like you said, there was criminal activity. Some of that was criminal activity here. Some of that was criminal activity elsewhere. And whenever their background was checked through this process, we found out they were either on a watch list or they may have been here before and were wanted for something that they did previously and were deported for it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing that or we'll arrest somebody. We work with our federal partners, ICE, um, and get somebody identified and they'll realize this individual had been previously deported or, you know, some kind of offense. Um, and then we'll be sent back to uh, Mexico or wherever they're from, whatever that process is. Um, so they're, we're constantly working with our partners to, um, to help, help reduce the amount of uh, criminal activity that's coming into the country. That's really what we're doing down there. It's not just, it, it's to address the criminal activity. Yeah. And, and so another thing I, I want to point out, you're, you're, you just talked about shipping them back to Mexico in this case. And the other part of what you said is wherever they're from. This is not all folks from Mexico that are coming across this, uh, the border. There is a lot from South America and even from Europe and Asia and Africa that have found their way uh, an easier access point because in many cases, maybe they were not They're They're certainly not coming in the legitimate way because they know there's no way they could get in. They're on some watch list or there is something mm -hmm. that they have been wanted for in this country and they're looking for the back door in. Yeah. Or they just, they're not supposed to be in the country for whatever reason or couldn't get the visa to come in. And now they're coming in through the Southern border to get into the country. So, I mean, there was a lot of different reasons. And, and one of the things that I always say is that, you know, we don't know, we don't know until it's obvious we don't know. Um, and, and so this is one of those things we don't know who is all coming in. We know who we're, who we're apprehending. Um, but the question is, who's getting in? We know individuals are coming in because we're seeing unprecedented amounts of fentanyl that are coming into the country. That comes from Mexico. We're seeing thousands of pounds of meth just in the Houston area, thousands of pounds 
throughout the uh, uh, throughout the state. That's all coming in from the majority of that coming in from Mexico. So we know this stuff is coming in. So imagine what would be coming in if we didn't have all these resources down there addressing it. Right. And we're talking also about that's what we we know is here because how much you've caught. What we don't know is how much you have. Right, Craig, that's the scary part is we know that no matter how good it is, no matter how good a mesh you've got there, you still can't catch it up. Now, uh-uh. if we could stop the demand for drugs yeah. today, um, the cartels uh, um, would have a significant hit to their bottom line. Um, if we could do that today, just stop the demand for drugs. Um, other things would start to fall off. So, I mean, really, it's it's incumbent upon every single American to make it known to their friends and their family members that doing drugs is is not uh, a, a, some benign task or benign you know thing that you're doing. Um, it really does harm individuals that you'll never meet. Um, we're talking about human smuggling and human trafficking. Um, all of that money goes back to these criminal organizations, and they're using it to fuel to gain more money and gain more power. Yeah, absolutely. And then to uh, also into other criminal enterprises that you didn't want to talk about. So that's a, that's okay. Y'all yeah. keep track of them, buddy. Y'all keep track of them and y'all just y'all just go get them. We don't have to share that information here. You know what? Y'all don't know that he knows what you know that I don't know. You know? <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, they, they probably didn't understand what I said because I'm not sure I understood what I said either there, Craig. So it sounded really good, though. Very, very, <laughs> very knowledgeable, very intelligent. Uh, <laughs> well, buddy, I sure appreciate you being on here. So tell, tell us, uh, you want to share any other information that's going on right now, anything that you – I do appreciate also your plug for people to come to work for the – uh, the Department of uh, Public Safety. That was all. That was great. I, I like that answer. Uh, but what else would you you want to share with us, man? You know, we've been uh, doing a lot up in Colony Ridge um, and going up there and having. Uh, we're doing surges up there in Colony Ridge, which is a subdivision up in uh, uh, Liberty County. And and we uh, just want to you know tell the viewers we've been evaluating that activity up there, um, and and we're not seeing a inordinate amount of cartel activity up there. Um, we're uh, matter of fact, we're up there on our operations. We're stopping individuals. Um, a lot of them, they're waving to us as we're up there on the side of the road doing a traffic stop. Um, you know, we'll go up to different eateries and people are, you know, thanking us for being there. Um, either is patrons or somebody that's actually selling the food there. So we're doing uh, work up in, in there to assist Liberty County Sheriff's Office and our partners up in that area um, to help reduce crime. But I just want to make that known that we're not seeing a large amount of uh, cartel activity um, or uh, criminal activity um, in, in that area. So give a little bit, just give a short background of why uh, you're there, because if someone is listening in, especially if they're in a different part of the state or even a different part of the country, and they don't understand what a little bit of the background is of that, give, give a little snapshot of what, what was going on there that kind of brought it to y'all's attention. Yeah, so there was a uh, some articles that were coming out and we're talking about the uh, cartels um, that were connected to the area. Um, and so certainly anytime something like that gets brought up, we're going to take an interest in it. And that's exactly what we did. Um, and Governor Abbott asked us to go out there 
and um, and evaluate that and go out into the area. And so we started deploying uh, several troopers and our criminal investigations division out there as well, doing narcotics investigations and looking to apprehend uh, wanted felons, some for violent offenses. Troopers are out there conducting aggressive traffic enforcement in the area, making it known that law enforcement is there. And on occasion, they're backing up the Liberty County Sheriff's Office and others on calls um, in the area just because we have the resources there to do that now. And so um, so that was really kind of the, the, the catalyst behind it is we realized that the uh, cartels, you know, were being reported to be in there. So we went out there and um, that's part of the reason why I wanted to mention that today is that we're not seeing, you know, a, an ordinary amount of cartel activity. We know that the cartels are operating there, sure. um, but it's not in not in any different than it is in anywhere else in, in Texas. Okay, but I want to point out something. This is this is actually a great example. Someone wrote an article. Let's just say in this case, someone reported something. Did it, you got an article, but in this case, let's say someone reported. There's a lot of activity here. This, sh you know, this shouldn't be going on. Whatever. And so there's a response. In this case, the, the governor asked you to respond. So look, you know, it's not like you can say no there, right? So here we go, Gov. We're we're heading out that way. But regardless. There was a reaction. Whether the governor said to do it or not, there is a very good chance something would have happened because y'all also had noted what was happening. Mm -hmm. In this case, what you're seeing is that there, it doesn't appear that the big offender, the cartel in this case, is any more there than they are anywhere else. But that doesn't mean that you're not making an impact in that area for violent crime and other things. So, I guess my point here is that even though you're not seeing that, do y'all wish y'all wouldn't have went? Oh, no, we're, we're happy to be up there. We're happy Absolutely. to be able to make that impact. Um, um, the community has accepted us. Um, you know, the sheriff's office has limited resources, um, which is the reason why the agency came in to assist. Um, and the bottom line, those are Texans that are there. And our job is protect public and to protect the public. And, uh, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Absolutely. And so that's my point is even if it turns out that what you were reporting is not exactly what was going on, you guys are happy to be there. You're happy to be there. You're happy to respond. You're happy to engage and protect fellow Texans. Uh, you, you, you know what you're there for it to do, right? You know what impact you can have and you know that it can be a positive impact in many different ways. And so don't let the fear of being wrong is my point. Don't let the fear of being wrong dissuade you from reporting something. Uh, once mm. again, there's no easier way than the I Watch Texas app to get that information out there and then let, let, let these guys do their job. Let their guys evaluate what's going on and determine what the appropriate response would be. And if it turns out to be nothing, that's fine too. At least you now have the peace of mind. And that information just doesn't stay here at the agency. We may reach out to the local agency in that area, give them this piece of information they can begin working with. Um, and certainly we're there to assist our partners. And, and that's exactly what we'll do. We have great partnerships here in the Houston area and across the state. Um, and, and we're always here to help ensure that we're doing our absolute best to keep Texas safe. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a very important piece of that, Craig. It's not just coming just the Department of Public Safety, but they're making sure that local law enforcement also knows what's going on because I, in most cases they can respond quicker anyway, mm -hmm. or they may have some insight. Maybe it's yep. like, you know what? 
we've already had a couple of reports on this. This is just another one, but this is actually providing us more information than what we had before. So you could be, say, a missing piece of the puzzle that someone's looking for that time that you took to get that picture or that time that you took to put that in the app, some information that you have could be the piece that they needed to help bring a conclusion to something or help uh, bring somebody to justice that needed to be brought to justice. You know, and nearly after nearly 25 years in, in, in law enforcement now, which seems odd to even say it. Um, but, you know, one of the things that I have learned throughout that whole process is doesn't matter what agency you're working with, whether that's the FBI, DEA, ATF, Texas Department of Public Safety, Game Warden, Sheriff's Office, the you know, police department. Every law enforcement officer, regardless of your position, has a role in protecting the public. And so each of us have our lanes. That's what we're working in. And we need to work with one another to be able to make this uh, make an impact. And that's exactly what we're doing now with these partnerships. Awesome. That, that is great, brother, man. I, I really uh, admire what you do out there. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of our military and I'm a huge fan of our law enforcement. You guys have a very, very difficult job. But once again, I think all of us sleep better at night knowing that we have uh, folks that are willing to put their life on the line every single day for us. So I applaud you and I applaud the rest of your brothers and sisters in blue and brown. <laughs> uh, well, we're we're glad to be able to do it and certainly glad to have the support of the legislature and our fellow Texans and what we do. Absolutely. And you know you always have a have our support over the health and wealth power hour too, brother. I, I appreciate you very much. Well, Craig, thanks again for being with us. Uh folks, you want to go and, and check him out. He is an awesome, awesome guy. He also will be happy to come and speak at one of your events in the Houston area to kind of give you an update on what's going on. Uh, Craig, where can they reach you at, buddy? Uh, they can reach out to my email address. It's uh, Craig, C-R-A-I-G dot Cummings, C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S at D-P-S, phonetically David Paul Sam dot Texas, spelled out dot gov, G-O-V. All right, great. Uh, he can certainly bring a shine a light on the fentanyl issue uh, the border issue, whatever is kind of important to your organization. Uh, he can certainly craft that to make the biggest impact for you and get uh, get some eyes open that may not have known how difficult or how bad the problem really is. Once again, Craig, I really appreciate you being with us, buddy. And uh, hey, man, next time I'm down in that area, we got to get together and yeah. uh, maybe have a bite to eat and talk some more about insurance because I know you actually like to hear all the crazy things that I talk about. <laughs> I do. Let me, Harlan, if I can give everybody my number as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, office here, the office number is 281-517-1544. And just when you call, leave a voicemail reference uh, to uh, what we were talking about here. And that way it'll populate on my email. Okay, great. All right, guys. Appreciate you once again listening to this version. Don't forget, if you are in the Houston, San Antonio, or Austin areas, we have our Eagle Prime series that is out right now, $80 a month for your entire family, all the health care you want to access, seven days a week, 9 a.m., 9 p.m. in person at any of the next level urgent care centers. That's right, $80 a month is all that it costs you for your entire family. Uh, you can also add prescription drug coverage to that for only another $25, bucks, so $105 a month for the entire family prescription drug coverage and access to health care. You can also get comprehensive if you want to learn more. You can go out to Eagle Care Health, 
eaglecarehealth.com slash prime. That's eaglecarehealth.com slash prime. Thanks for listening in. We'll catch you next time on Health and Wealth Power Hour. We are out.